high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, the Oilers 5 on 5 is solid. Special teams in the ditch. Two lineup changes. Live from the swamps of New Jersey. A place that produced Sinatra, Springsteen. And did you know all of the names on the Monopoly board can be found in Atlantic City? I do not lie. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us, 833-401-1440. On Twitter, at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. And uh, we got a great show for you today. Bag Milk, joining us from Oilers Nation. Mike Morielli from NHL.com. And it's going to be a fun show. Because we've got a little bit, a little bit of Declan today talking NFL and college football, which is going to be a blast. Because are you going to go on and on and on and on about the team that wasn't in the Final Four? I can't remember the name of it. Florida State. Yeah. No, I've All said right. my I've said my piece about Florida State. The committee knows where I stand. Uh, they talked to me because so it just get gets a little year. tiresome. It gets ponderous. No, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll keep. I it love brief, you, but you know, you do have a tendency to like. Well, that's a nice sweater. That is Simon's. It's not bad, right? Right. You know, I'm I'm going to tell you something here. A little little backstory about Declan, really quickly. So I have a few cardigans that I really enjoy, but I had an ex girlfriend, the same one who seven hundred dollars shoe. Yeah, it was her. Oh. She told me like, don't wear cardigans. They don't look good. So I stopped wearing cardigans for a while. But I'm back on the train now, and I uh, I appreciate that because yeah, I think it's a nice little piece of piece of fabric here. Don't you find though? I was talking about this other the other day. Don't you find that when you're dating somebody and they're not good for you, it's actually good for you because then you know what you don't want in a relationship? Yes. Yeah. The, the hindsight on that right. was incredible. I think it is important to, to kind not, you know, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, running around every night with somebody else. I'm just talking about you, you do gain a little bit of experience and you do know what you don't want and then you go find what you do want. So there you go. I don't have anything else to say. I just said that. Uh, Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get $4,000 in Christmas cash. Yes, they're on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. We say hi to Doug and Mary and wish them the best of the season. I mentioned Bag Milk and Mike Morielli uh, from NHL.com. Mike will be by to talk about New Jersey, Devils, and, of course, Bag Milk will talk about the Edmonton Oilers. The projected lineup changes, I mentioned them to you. Calvin Pickard will be in for Stuart Skinner, and Adam Ernie is in for Connor Brown. Okay? Now, there's a, there's a sort of a mixed message, I think, from fans. Because you send me stuff, and Oilers fans do, and, like, I sort of go, okay, is it 50-50? And right now, I think that people are 70-20, 70-30 in favor of Brown sitting, but there's a lot who also understand this guy's got to come back from whatever. Did you did you spill something again? I did. <laughs> I, I, I spilled a little coffee again, second day in a row. Do you know that engineers start. go absolutely ape doodle when you do that no, stuff? No, I know. And they're very, like, very, very quick to tell you nothing around the board. And yeah. the board is fine. Everything is okay. It was just on the counter here. But I'm I've, beginning I've, to wonder about you. You're, I've, yeah. I, I think I, I'm starting to influence you. Yesterday we were having a conversation, and you couldn't remember the name of something. That is so me. I think I may be influencing you in a negative way. Well, do you spill your coffee a lot? Uh, 
Well, I, I learned from a, na- uh, a man named Bruce Bedford. To, like, he would get so mad at me if I spilled coffee anywhere near the board yeah, that well. I actually, it's like, a, I, to this day, he has since passed. God love him. He's a beautiful man. Um, but I, 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 to this day, I get a little anxiety. If Like, right now, my coffee cup is, yeah. how far is it from the board? A mile? Yeah, a yeah. mile and a half, maybe. Water's a mile and a half. And so it's all good. It's all good because of Bruce. He trained me well, and I appreciate him very much. You know, it could have been my little secret, too, but we brought it up, and uh, here we are. Well, you know. What are you going to do? Well, I kind of do that on you, so it's not really you. It's me. Projected lineup changes. Pickard in for Skinner, Adam Ernie in for Connor Brown. I would prefer to go with Skinner tonight. I'll tell you why, because I think this is the most winnable of three games. None of them are really winnable. That's the truth. These are tough games for the Edmonton Oilers. New Jersey is a good team. They've struggled. They got lots of injuries. We'll talk to Mike Morialli about that. I apologize to you. I am recovering from a cold. I am fine. But today, for some reason, my cough is bad. Only in the building. So there may be times when I have to hit the mic switch and cough a little bit. If you hear, if you start to get anxiety because I'm not talking, understand I'm coughing. Yeah, and if you hear me just jump on the mic and say something like this, could be the same thing, right? I right. could be saving the day. Right. The Batman of Sports 1440. Did you say Batman or Badman? Batman. Okay. Like hero, you know, superhero. Batman's not necessarily a hero. Maybe I'm kind of, you, oh, you don't think so? Well, I think he's an anti-hero. Interesting. I don't know. Well, I mean, Superman like I, is a hero. Right. But Superman is boring like you because think, he's a hero. You think in the in the grand the grand scheme of things, when you look at it in the overall context, Batman's just a regular dude who's inflicting no, harm on higher hands? No, I don't. I did not hands. say that. What I said is Superman, you know what Superman is great at? Not bringing his stupid problems to you. <laughs> you know, he had some all problems Batman with- does is, oh, geez, you know, oh. Batman is, like, Batman is a lot. Yeah. Superman's just a guy who does good things all day, and you can count on him. Batman's like, oh, geez, you know, I got the old butler in my yeah. car. and Little, oh, J- little James Bondish too, always God, has the woman problem. just problems. such a lot. Like, I mean, if Batman were a woman, people would complain. I think that's true. Yeah, that's a that You know, a the, you talk about it. your reverse sexism, that's it. I mean, he's got, there's such, so many things about the guy. Anyway, enough of Batman. I think we've. I think we've done our duty there. The number one line is back, baby. That's right. Nuge, McDavid, Hyman, they were practicing yesterday in New Jersey, and they will play tonight as a unit. I'm not mad at the coach. He's got to get the second line going. Leon Dreisaitl will play with Kane and Fogle. They've got injury issues. Brown is an injury issue. Connor Brown, his track record is that he's a good two-way player who can score. Right now, he's not that guy. And even though he's not injured per se, he's recovering from, and the hands aren't there yet. You know, I, I'll tell you, in Major League Baseball, when somebody takes an entire year off, I think Dave Winfield was successful, but very few have been successful. You lose a lot in a year when you don't play. I watched the Bakersfield Condors game last night against a very good Calgary Wranglers team. The Wranglers are kicking ass in player development compared to the Oilers. The Oilers are, I'm going to say, five prospects behind in the AHL. And I think that's fair. The one guy they have, they don't play him much because they don't want to play him much, but their goaltender, Olivier Rodrigue, 
played a brilliant game last night. They took, the, the Condors did, they got a, an early lead, and they took a bunch of penalties. Um, Drake Kajula, I don't think he meant to, but it was definitely a five-minute penalty. Then uh, Raphael Lavoie was pushed into the goaltender. It was called goaltender interference. And then he, he I don't know if it was accidental or not, but he did high stick, and that was four minutes. Uh, Rangers were dropping like flies, and penalties were called. But I think the high stick on Lavoie was earned. Uh, I think the Kajula play was earned. I, I'm less likely to hammer away at Raphael Lavoie for the goaltender interference because he was clearly pushed into the goaltender. The referee didn't see it. That's life. But the point is, Rodriguez was fire. Rodriguez is a great goaltender. If he had enough games played, which is, a, I think, a, a, a really damning reflection of the Edmonton Oilers organization. And I'm not going to point to, for the coach because there's no way the coach would play a guy at 938 save percentage over Jack Campbell, who is not at 938. But Rodriguez is real. I don't think I'm not saying call him up because I don't I don't know if he's played enough. I'm not I'm not a goaltender expert. I'm saying play him in Bakersfield. Play him for for ten games in Bakersfield. See what you have. This is the time to do it. You you're bringing Calvin Pickard up. You're playing him tonight. You're clearly hoping that he can rebound from his last outing and give you some kind some level of goaltending. Well, do the same for Rodrigue. Jack Campbell is no longer a factor. I don't think in this entire scenario. So. For crying out loud. And and for those who say, well, he plays as many games as Campbell. No, he doesn't. Like, that's 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 a trip. You don't even have to go to the AHL website. You just have to go to Hockey DB and look up the Bakersfield Condors this year. And so far this year, Jack Campbell has played in 10 games, 572 minutes, and Calvin Pickard, Four, I'm sorry, Olivier Rodrigue, seven games, 938. Since Campbell got there, he's gotten most of the starts. It's just a fact. And it's, I don't, Campbell's save percentage is 888, 938 for Rodrigue. The other guy down there who is really playing well, I, I would say dominating, is Philip Broberg. Now, I'm, I'm not saying call him up because I think they should play him. But Broberg down there is is really a man amongst boys. His even-strength goal share is 10 goals for and four against. That's really good. In all sincerity, he's dominant down there. They don't have room for him here. I get it. I understand it. But I'll, I'll say this. If an, if an NHL team had scouts at the Condors game and they want to make a trade, Olivier Rodrigue and Philip Broberg will be the first names out of their mouths. No doubt in my mind. They are the, the cream of the crop down there. I think Lavoie is very good, too. He's got eight goals in 15 games. And the Oilers are looking for a shooter. I don't know if you, like, sometimes I think we don't, as like as individuals, we don't necessarily pay attention to things. We just assume, oh, you know what, they're really good. They're, they're a good offensive team. There'll be no problem there. I don't have to worry about that stat because it's going to be established that it's very good, and, and that likely isn't going to change for a long, long time. And I get that. I do the same thing. But the Edmonton Oilers right now, at 5-on-5, five five, this year, have a two, 2.45 goal share, goal, goals for 60. 2.45. That's 22nd in the league. 22nd in the league. That's not good. And their goal share at 5-on-5 five five is 26th in the year, league, 46.7. 
Their goals against per 60, not good. 23rd, 2.8. This is a team that scores a lot normally at 5-on-5. 2.45 per 60 this year is an anomaly. Just looking for last year's numbers. Did not work. Thank you, Natural Statric, who, by the way, do a brilliant job. For some reason, that's not coming up. Not sure why. Uh, they score a lot more than normal. Th- than they, they're scoring a lot less than normal now at 2.45. And it's too bad because, I, I, you know, I think we're focusing on defense a lot. And, yeah, absolutely, that's fair. But 2.45 goals per 60 at 5-on-5 five five isn't going to cut it. And the Edmonton Oilers are, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think they will. But right now, not so good. Really, really not so good. It's too bad. You'd like to see them in the playoffs. Ryan asks, low tide, you're sick. You wrote a book but refused to get the vitamin Bible. Nobody gets sick that follows the vitamin Bible. Okay. Do we have more than the average number of people who uh, have theories on life who text us to this show? Or is it just they all text this station? Well, it's hard to tell, right? Because I don't have the the text line for any other stations. Um, You know what? I'll say we're right on par. We're about average with that. I think that's fair. I, I just, you know, I I do take vitamins, but I don't take a river of them. Greg's on ON doesn't see Broberg play quite the same as Allen in the AHL. Okay. I saw him last night. He played brilliantly. He, he broke up a couple of plays. He was everywhere with the puck. Um, he skates extremely well. Well, he's on the ice at five on five. There's 10 goals, four and four against. And the other night they were outscored by a bazillion and he was plus two at even strength. So I, I, I can't comment cause I don't know, but I, I, I will say this, that the Edmonton Oilers are casting around for a defenseman and a goaltender. And it is ironic that when you watch Bakersfield, the two things you notice is a defenseman and a goaltender. Could we do we have the song Ironic? Do we have that song? By Natalie Imbrugalia. What? Is that is that the artist or was that Alanis Morissette? I'm sorry, you Help have me to, out a little bit here. You have to um, hand in your Canadian card. I'm so. drowning. And is it an ironic? Wasn't that was that who was it? It was wasn't it Natalie? I don't even know what to do anymore. This is Billy Joel all over again. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, you could have just helped me. This is ridiculous. I can't believe you. Like, I'm the guy who should get stuff wrong. Yeah, I said Alanis Morissette. You did not say Alanis Morissette. You did not say. It was say... the second name I said after no, Natalie Imbruglia. You are Canadian, sir. Yeah. You need to know it's Alanis Morissette. I, yeah. I just wasn't around for that era, you know. I heard she was huge in like 97, 98, around there. How old were you then? Z- zero years old. I was just being okay. born. What was the name of the album? 
Was it like teardrops in the rain or something? We are going to take a break. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I have to. I'm. I am having the vapors here. Oh my gentle lord! Jagged little pill. Jagged it's little pill. It's too late. Ah. It's too late. It's too late, baby. It's too late. And of course, you'll be telling me that Carly Simon did that when she didn't. Mike Morreale from the NHL.com will save us next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Powered by Wolf GMC Buick. It's not really ironic that Declan didn't know that because he was like born the year it came out. But we still hammered him good. I know the song. I just messed up the artist a little bit. Nothing to get too riled up over. So weak after the fact. I'm just saying. Joining us now from the NHL.com, Mike Morielli, talking a little bit of New Jersey Devils. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. No problem, Lothar. Glad to join the program. Thanks for having me. Okay, so here's the deal. New Jersey, the last 10, 6-3-1 after a difficult start. The Oilers are 7-3-0 in their last 10 after a difficult start. And I feel like the both teams feel like they've got catching up to do right away. And both of them have enough problems that I'm not sure – Going in, how to expect this to turn out? I I think there might be a lot of goals, but I'm not sure because both of them have had a hard time scoring goals this year. Yeah, I think you just about summed it up there. It's I mean these are two teams that seem to be on an even plank right now. Uh, obviously, the Devils and Oilers had a lot of expectations entering this season. I know uh, there were several pundits out there that maybe had the Devils going at least to the conference final this year. Same for the Edmonton Oilers. So here we are, right? It's uh, The bar was raised last season for the Devils after qualifying for the playoffs, first time since 2018, advanced to the second round for the first time since 2012. And I just remember, you know, uh, Tom Fitzgerald, the general manager, telling us that the at the start of this season that, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's all systems go now. It's go time for this team, but they're not in a playoff spot. And the Flyers, Islanders, and Capitals are ahead of them in the standings. Three teams I think no one thought would be ahead of them at this point after what transpired last season. So um, I think a lot of people expected at least similar type performances, but it's taken a, a longer to adjust, at least from the Devils' standpoint, Alan, from – you know, when you look at Damon Severson, uh, gone, and Ryan Graves, two players that maybe you didn't think too much about because Fitzgerald, I thought, did a nice job in the offseason bringing in some of these players to, to maybe fill out the roster a little bit. But they played big minutes, blocked shots, did those little things that you need on the back end. And as you mentioned earlier, I mean, defensively, the Devils have struggled this year, and, and goaltending has been an issue. Uh, the, the, the best deal I thought of summer was getting Tyler Toffoli and Jack Hughes and Toffoli to me were going to be magic in almost 300 minutes. They have a 48% goal share, which is not terrible five on five, Mm. but I think the expectation was that, that no matter who played with them or if they played together, there'd be success. It's been kind of slow moving and we know injuries are an issue there too, but is it starting to come around for them? It is, in, in some ways. Offensively, I really don't have any issues offensively. I know Lindy Ruff Alan, has been stressing puck management and decisions with the puck. That's been a major problem with the Devils this year. At least once a week, we're hearing him say that, whether it be uh, on an off-day practice, pregame skate, after, you know, post-game. 
Yes, their power play is tied for the league lead with the Rangers. It's 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 been fantastic. Uh, but ninth fewest goals scored, five on five, and twenty fourth in the league in the NHL on on the power play. Uh, excuse me, the penalty kill. So, yeah, defensively there have been some major breakdowns here and there, and I think that's what's led. And, and I would I would imagine it's been the same for the Oilers, where you have these peaks and valleys, um, not just game to game. But in-game, uh, for the Devils earlier on the season, too, you know, slow starts um, were a big Achilles heel for them. Uh, they would get down 1-2-0, you know, have to claw their way back into games, and they're in comeback mode for most of the games this season. They haven't played well for whatever reason on home ice. They've done a lot better on the road, um, and maybe that has something to do with trying to entertain and, and really push the pace when you're on home ice. We've seen that happen before with uh, some very skilled teams. But, yeah, much like the Oilers, where they have a Connor McDavid, a standout star, an elite player in this league, the Devils have a Jack Hughes, an elite star, all-star in this league. Um, offensively, they're pushing the pace, trying to get it done, but defensively, it, there's just been a struggle there to, to, to you know, to – to pick up wins when you need them. Heischer line is the, the, the number one unit. I mean, I know the, the, the goal share is there, uh, different, obviously kinder player than Hughes, but is that the going in? Is that the, the line that, that, uh, New Jersey counts on and relies on? Yeah. Uh, Nico, Heischer, heart and soul, this team, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, hard on the sleeve. He's the center of the top line right now. You, uh, Oiler fans will probably see him, uh, on a line with Andre Palat and, and Jesper Bratt tonight. Jack Hughes is, was lined up with Eric Halla and Tyler Toffoli uh, on the second line during pregame uh, the skates this morning. So, you know, they're deep down the middle. You know, you got Heesher, you got Hughes, you got Dawson Mercer. Michael McLeod has been a face-off uh, demon this year. I, I believe he's if he's not leading the league, he's got to be top three, top two uh, in the league. And Curtis Lazar has played really well. Nathan Bashan has provided some some physicality on that uh, on that fourth line. Alexander Holtz is coming to his own this year. I believe he has uh, seven or eight goals this season, so he's coming around finally. The Devils wanted to see what he was able to bring, and he's been a steady uh, a steady contributor to the to the lineup here on offense. Timo Meyer struggled a little bit. He was he was uh, demoted to the third line last game in the overtime loss to the Flyers, Allen, on on Tuesday. Uh, one of the things that Lindy Ruff stressed, and and Meyer. Uh, you know, obviously comes in for the big goals, right? He's a goal scorer, was a goal scorer at San Jose. That's why they brought him over here. But he's also that big body uh, that gets to the tough areas of the ice, gets to the middle and in front. Um, ever since he uh, came back from his injury, uh, he's been pointless in nine straight games. So that's been an issue. And we, we, we asked uh, Lindy Ruff about it uh, uh, yesterday, in fact, and, you know, he did say that, uh, you know, ever since he came back from the injury, he hasn't quite been the same type player. And the injury had something, to, you know, something to do with the lower body. And we think it might have been the ankles or the foot or something along those lines. Because he says the injury did, the injury that he had did affect the way he was skating and the way he was moving on the ice. So he's just got to work his way out of that. So, um, yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, Nico, he's the heart and soul of this team. And he'll be on that top line tonight. So I know Dougie Hamilton's injury is interesting because if he's gone for the regular season, then there's a ton of cap room. Uh, how certain do you think New Jersey is about Hamilton's injury in return? 
And do you see them as being big players between now and the deadline because of that? Yeah, that that's a tough one. The the Hamilton obviously one of the one of the premier offensive defensemen uh in this league to to lose him uh at an inopportune time, obviously when the Devils were kind of trying to get out of the funk and get some points and put some winning streaks together. Um but fact of the matter is uh, there's no timetable. Uh Ruff told us yesterday no timetable. He doesn't have any for for Hamilton's return, so that leads us to believe that we could be this could be a long-term situation here. Um, so, I mean, you bring, you, you know, Shimon Nemitz is, was recalled from Utica. He's doing a decent job, but obviously he's a teenage player playing in a, uh, you know, an unforgiving position. If you make, you know, one little weakness or show one little weakness or mistake along the back end, he's paired with Jonas Siegenthaler uh, tonight. Uh, and, and Luke Hughes has played really well, right? I don't know, with Brendan Smith, he'll be with Brendan Smith. Uh, tonight, Luke has done a real nice job uh, as far as two rookies are concerned along the blue line. But as far as being aggressive, uh, maybe at the trade deadline, I, I, I think obviously Fitzgerald, Tom Fitzgerald probably will be. I mean, this is a team, let's face it, that they expected to uh, certainly make the playoffs this year and and then challenge for, for a Stanley Cup with the caliber of talent, uh, the, the fours that they have. And uh, But again, you know, it all comes down to goaltending. So we'll Tom Fitzgerald be seeking that defensive defenseman, that big guy that they need. They don't grow on trees. They're tough to find, and who knows what he might have to to give up to get one. I think maybe uh, he'll also be looking in goal, too. Uh, Obviously, Vitek Banachek, at this point last season, Alan, he he was one of their MVPs. He's one of the Devils MVPs, and this year it just hasn't been so much. And Akira Schmidt has struggled. Uh, Obviously, he played really well against the Rangers in that first-round series victory last year. But uh, uh, this year, not so much. It's been a struggle for both goalies. So maybe, just maybe, uh, Fitzgerald will be looking in the goaltending department as well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I find the 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 roster is so talented that the future yeah. is is brilliant. Uh, you know, two young defensemen, Luke Hughes and Simon Nemich, to me are are you know we're and I I don't I'm not sure that they're um, well. I know one's twenty and one's nineteen, but my God, they're. Like, we're watching the future on display here, and they do make mistakes, but they're already, you know, when they play, they play, uh, and the future's bright there. It's just a matter of the the short term, I guess. Absolutely. You know, uh, looking at it from the the offseason, coming into the season, Simon Nemich was a player I thought, you know, could get a a few looks, but obviously with the Hamilton injury, it was sooner than later. And I thought it's one thing I found interesting, and I I did sit down after practice today and talk with Shimon for quite some time, and you know, uh, Kevin Deneen, the coach of Utica, uh, the American Hockey League, had Shimon playing penalty kill all of last season. And the reason why they had him on the penalty kill was they wanted him to develop and learn what it takes to defend in this league, to defend hard, to know that, uh, you know, you're going to be pressured and what you need to do in certain situations to defend. I thought it was brilliant that they did that. So that was one of the things that Shimon talked about with me today uh, after practice, uh, after the skate was, you know, it really benefited him, helped him in learning how to defend well and how to defend in this league. And, hey, he's, he's on the power play now uh, with the Devils. He's playing penalty kill. He's, he's playing in basically all situations over 20 minutes a night for a 19-year-old kid. So um, he's getting the job done. And real quick on Luke Hughes, it just, you know, he's having a, a really fantastic season. I think we all expected uh, this to be the year that, uh, you know, Luke was going to excel and, and, and learn the ropes and, yeah, he's made a few mistakes here and there, but you can see he's a big player out there. 
And he has he has that leadership type ability about him when you watch him play on it's it's you know when he feels as though he should have gotten a pass or uh, maybe when he makes the wrong play he slams his stick and um, he always wants to do better. Um, not many times he makes mistakes, but when he does, he doesn't like it and he wants to get back out there and get it get it right. But he's leading the he's leading the Devils in goals uh, this year. Big part of the power play. So another fantastic young player that the Devils have in their arsenal, and he's only going to get better as the years go on here. Mike Morreale, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks, buddy. Have a great evening. All right. Mike Morreale from NHL Doc. I've been reading him for, like, I don't know how long he's been doing it, but he's a really, really good writer and obviously a great interview, and we're glad to have him. Great show, guys. Love that you played Isn't It Ironic by Anne Murray. She's a Canadian treasure from Mumsy. This is what happens when, when I don't even remember the name of the artist that our friend Declan suggested. But uh, gaps happen, man. It's like if he questioned me on Drake songs. I know the Bling one. Uh, is that the one about the phone? Um, I don't remember. You're not talking about Hotline Bling, are you? Is that what I'm talking about? That, it might be what you're talking about. That's one of Drake's biggest songs. That was summer of 2016. Blew up. Took over the world. Yeah. May, I, I would ironic as as didn't say, do a thing. Well, I would go as far as to say Hotline Bling was bigger than Ironic. You know? I can't That's tell. I saying. don't know. Because I well, all yeah. I remember... You hearing it there? <laughs> what yeah. is it, Maddox's you know, ringtone? <laughs> you, you, you should be able to buy that ringtone for five ninety nine or whatever it is. Wow. Wow, and there's no ironic ringtone. It just doesn't, you know. You get a you get a phone call and ironic comes o- comes over the speaker. It just doesn't hit the same, you know. No, but it, You're not it, it's like rain on call. your wedding day. Could, could that not be it? Ah, great song. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. oh my god, just yeah, I guess different. because it didn't happen for you, it didn't happen at all. Wow. Well, I am the center of my own universe. I think that's well documented at this. Well, point. males of the species have a tendency to do that, so I can't even. I can't even you know, come back at you on that. LT, yesterday you were talking about the early success the autos had and allude to Sam Pollock and cheating. Care to expand on that from James? Let's see. Sam Pollock and cheating. Let's see. We have a two-hour show. 30 minutes of it is gone. That leaves me 90 minutes. Uh... Well... The 1967 expansion draft, and I will write a book on this. When I win the lottery, the first thing I'm going to do is hole up in a gigantic castle and write the book. 1967 expansion draft. The expansion rules were written by Sam Pollock, who was the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. And he parsed it so closely that the rules dictated that he could protect Rogi Vashon and the Bruins couldn't protect Bernie Perron. Slight, slight, slight change in the original wording of who was draft eligible and who was not. And he got Rogie Vashon, Jacques Lemaire, Serge Savard, Carl Vadney, and a bunch of guys who should have been eligible for the expansion draft. He was able to protect them. And that happened. And then over the next 12 years, from 67 to 79, the Habs would have run 68, 69, 71, 73, and then four more eight Stanley Cups in 12 years. 
Boston won two, Philadelphia won two. I don't think anybody else won any. And it was the 67 expansion draft. When I write the book, I'll send you a copy. I bristle at Sam Pollock from here, Candy. Me too. And you know what? If I was a Habs fan, I would love him forever. There should be an annual Sam Pollock Day in Quebec where everybody gets to plunder English Canada and the United States because that's what Sam Pollock did. Should be ramping up the college signings and drafted players to restock the system from BMAC. Yes, I agree with that. But they 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 are doing it. They're just not doing it very fast. Um, Vincent DeHarnay and James Hamblin were signed uh, as you know. Ha- DeHarnay was was drafted, but he was signed to an AHL contract, and they signed eventually, and they have developed into players. Ryan Fanti was signed out of college. Did not have it happen. Uh, they just signed a kid named Brady Stonehouse. Uh, who may or may not end up being a player, but at least they're trying. I would just, I would just suggest that they need to try harder because they're they're going like they're not going they're going to have like two picks this year at the draft. So that's another year because in the last fourteen rounds, each draft year is seven rounds. In the last two years, the last fourteen rounds, they've drafted seven guys and they traded one of them, Reed Schaefer, away. And I'm not saying that wasn't a great deal. Hell, it was. That's that's Ken Holland's best trade. However. You need to add to the system, and right now the system's dry. This is this is like uh, you've got Rodrigue and Broberg down there. I don't think they're high in Lavoie. It feels to me like they're souring on Xavier Borgo by the day, and that might be a reflection of the new management system. That does happen. But right now I would suggest that the Edmonton Oilers, in their meetings, in their meetings now, they really feel like the AHL is Max Warner and that they've got Bo Akey on the way, and I don't know who else they like in the system because Lavoie's got eight goals, and Rodriguez shooting lights out, and Philip Broberg is playing fine in the AHL. So what's up, Doc? Got to be something. Your comments, more of your comments on the way. And don't forget, we have bagged milk, too. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Down on Sports 1440. Our rock and roll royalty right there. Ah, love it. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Good to now. Who chose that? Which one of you chose that song? Was Declan? No. Nah, that was my choice. Very classic, classic. nice. Very nice. I was trying to go into your mind here. I was trying to think like, what could I play that would get <laughs> Al fired up? And That's I was it. Like, Midnight Rider. Yep. That's a great, great one. Wonderful band. They were one of two bands. In the 60s and 70s that had two drummers. Do you know the name of the other one? Mm, Grateful Dead. No, I wouldn't have got that. Todd no. James would have got that. Well, yeah, big Grateful he would Dead have. Fan. Yeah. Big, big fan. Todd James would have rolled his eyes, but yep. that's okay. He would have known it before before I actually mentioned it. Um, we have Bag Note coming up at 1 o'clock today. And your comments are streaming in. And it's it's mostly positive. Not about Sam Pollock. In all fairness, Sam Pollock had five other teams to outsmart, plus he had unlimited resources, even though players got ripped off back in the day. Now he scored 20 goals, third-line grinder like Pat Hughes. It's $5 million. Yeah, 20 goals, though, isn't a grinder anymore. The NHL is a different league. Uh, it, it's improving. It's getting better. But I don't see, like, if you go back to the 70-71 Bruins, 
and look at their top two lines and then the third line. They're still Derek Sanderson was still scoring. Eddie Westfall had points, and they were the third line guys, along with Garnet Bailey, uh, Don Marcotte, Wayne Carlton, I think, was in 1970. Not that I have that roster memorized. Lotide, how badly would trading Kulak and running Broberg in his spot impair the Oilers' chances of winning right now if they made that move? I don't think it would at all. I, I think that, and like, I, I don't want to overemphasize this because I understand what they're doing. They want to run a veteran lineup. Brett Kulak is a veteran, and in all honesty, in the last two playoffs, Kulak has played better in the postseason than he has in the regular year. You want to have that in case there's an injury to Nurse or to Ekholm. Kulak can slide in. He's a veteran. He's done it before. He can skate like the wind. There's a lot to like about Kulak. I, I don't dispute that in any way. However, you if you don't make room for Broberg, then at some point in time you should move him away. And right now I think that's what they're thinking. There's a report from Darren Dreger that I talked about a couple of days ago saying that that maybe if a team is willing to take Jack Campbell's contract, the reason that's important, I, I had somebody say to me, you know, they traded Paul Yarby for nothing. Well, actually, they had to trade him to get Matthias Ekholm's contract onto the roster. And you can poo-poo that if you want, but it's, a, it's an actual fact it had to be done. So if they trade Broberg and Campbell for nothing and then can bring in, you say, Saros, then I don't think you'd complain. I just don't think that's going to happen. Then again, I didn't think Mateus Ekholm was coming here either. Remember, we were talking about, before Ekholm, I think it was Jacob Chikrin who had been talked about. And I can't remember, there was another veteran. My mind is getting old, so I can't remember the name. But somebody in there was was rumored to be in the mix. And Holland didn't like either of them. But he liked Ekholm. And Ekholm has been, when he's healthy, Ekholm has made a difference. Like, you know, I don't hate Ken Holland and I don't think everything he's done is brilliant. I think there's a there's a case to be made that Ken Holland has done some good things. Zach Hyman is a really good signing. Matthias Ekholm is a really good addition. Now, that's one side of the ledger. We used to do this. You used to take a piece of full scap and just make a big line in the middle and then go positives and negatives. We don't do that anymore. We choose sides and then hammer each other until dawn. And right now, I think that Ken Holland's team... If you look at the, every year they've been in the playoffs, they have won three rounds in four years. Is that on enough? Probably it isn't enough. However, it's progress. And if if he, if he trades Broberg, the 2024 first-round pick, and everything else outside the NHL, and wins Stanley, then nobody's going to complain. Here's the problem. You better be right. Because if you're Daryl Cates and Jeff Jackson and you put all of your assets into the middle now and bet the farm and lose, well, no gluts, no glory, but also a lot of work to be done starting in the summer, and you don't have your first-round pick because your your cupboard's bare. And then you better be damned aggressive in signing college and undrafted CHL players and European guys. And you better be getting them at a low, low price. Eric Carlson from San Jose was the other defenseman. That's right. I remember getting a call from a media person saying, why can't they do that? And I'm like, well, because a first-round pick for every year of contract that somebody is eating is like six of them. 
you can't make that trade. I knew right away they wouldn't be able to make that trade. You know, San Jose Sharks owner would never approve that. And Mike Greer is a smart guy. Five-man electrical band also had two drummers. Okay, that's three. Well done. Broberg's going to be the new Schultz and win two cups with New Jersey. I don't know if that's true. And, you know, Schultz was a, a good player, uh, but the Oilers, you know, the, the, the system and the team, they relied on him too much too soon, and guys like Dubnik and Schultz um, were, were sent away. Like, I, I never, like, I think the Oilers scouts are good. I like the amateur scouting department. I wrote a book about it. It's very positive. What happens, though, and I, I don't have an answer for you, these kids get to the NHL, like Kyler Yamamoto, like Yesapol Yarby, or like Ryan McLeod and Stuart Skinner now, and they stall. And I don't know, I don't have an answer for you. Maybe it's because coaching uh, staffs keeps getting turned over. I don't know the answer there. I just know that it does happen. As soon as Yamamoto and Paul Yarby started getting paid real dollars, then the worm turned. I don't know if it's an organizational um, bias against paying their own kids money. I don't know whether these kids just stop learning. Uh, maybe they get hurt. I know Paul Yarby and Yamamoto did. McLeod as well. But it's it's galling. And, and, I, and I also think on the other side of it that, you know, fans are not patient. Like, Stuart Skinner is a really good goaltender. He has two years of save percentage in the teens, 9-14, 9-16, something like that. This year is not the same. Go look at Carter Hart. Go look at Carter Hart's first few years in the National Hockey League, remembering that it's probably the toughest position in sports to play, goaltender in the NHL. He was 9-17, 9-14, 8-77, 9-05, 9-7, So there was, a, there was a lull there. There was an injury had a factor in it. But there was a bit of a downturn. And that does happen. It happens to goalies and everybody else on planet Earth. It's not a straight line. That's why they need another goaltender who can play well. Do you think this organization's been, you know, had the the bad luck over the years with goaltending? Because looking back at it, you had Bob Essence after Cujo. (laughs) Then came in Tommy Salo. They had the Stalinkoff, Dominic Roussel. Um, Rolison comes in. Markinen. like, well, you want my honest opinion? I don't think they've had an honestly a good goalie since Curtis Joseph or Tommy Salo. I know they had Roley for one year, and that was no. amazing. But well, I would tell my you my opinion. Glenn Sather could judge goaltenders. I don't think Kevin Lowe did a particularly good job. I don't think any of the other GMs did. But I think Dubnik was a good NHL goaltender. They sent him away. I think Skinner is a good NHL goaltender, and they may send him away. And it's a mistake. When you're chasing, when you chase goaltending, you often either have to overpay, i.e. Jack Campbell, uh, have to take some risks, i.e. Mike Smith, or Mikko Koskinen, who the day he was signed, Peter Shirelli told the media, his glove hand isn't great. You know, really good goaltenders are going to cost you a lot of money, even if you draft them. But right now, the Edmonton Oilers need, they need a, they need a miracle, and Olivier Rodrigue might be one. I would play him the next 10 AHL games. If he plays well, call him up. Find out before the deadline what he is. If you you know, if you want to roll the dice, then roll them. If not, find a goaltender. But right now, with the teams that are looking for goalies out there, I don't know what kind of goaltending is going to be available at the deadline, and the price point is going to be ridiculous.
the city seems to have become a, a veteran goaltending team organization. Uh, Nikolai Habibul and getting guys late in the year, Mike Smith, Rolison. Maybe that's the way this this organization should go. Maybe get someone who's 34, 35, 36 and, yeah. and go that route instead of going with a younger guy. Maybe that's better. Well, I suggested James Reimer or, or Vladar, but I think that's a deadline deal for either. And both of those teams have injury issues right now. But I would keep Stuart Skinner in the mix. I think there's no reason to, to put Stuart Skinner uh, in a deal. You've got that guy you can count on. If you give him some somebody to push him and, and more opportunity, if he's, if he's struggling to maybe take a breather during a year, then I think you're going to have a, a better results. And, and, you know, he's had a bad year, but that doesn't mean he's a bad goalie. L, this comes from CJ. LT, it's poor drafting. We've missed so many times on great NHL players. Not really. Yes, a pull Yarby was a mistake. And I don't know whether the scouts did or did not recommend him. Uh, they had Kachuk. They had a deal for Sergachev. Um, we know that uh, Mark Spector's reporting proved it, that Nal Yakupov was not recommended by the, the scouts that year. That was a, a, a selection that was made farther up the food chain. And as far Yamamoto was the right pick. Evan Bouchard, I think, was the right pick. Now, Philip Broberg was not the right pick, but he's still a good player. You, I would say Broberg's the guy you could make a call on. Um, Holloway in 2020, I I thought Dawson Mercer was going to be a better player, and he is, but Mercer's not killing it this year. Drafting is hard. Projecting is hard. The orders have done well. The problem with the orders right now, it's not the scouts. It's that they don't have enough picks. You have to you you can't just trade everybody and all the picks and that's kind of what the orders have done. Al, your phone just rang. It's Pat Verbeek. He's offering you John Gibson. Oh boy. What are you giving up? Because I think that's the guy that's out there. And a side note, I sat beside his wife at a Ducks game two years ago. Mm-hmm. She's from Pittsburgh. Loves the cold. Big fan of the city of Edmonton. Oh well, there so, you go. Just throwing that out there. Well, Gibson is an interesting goaltender because he hasn't been great lately. Uh, but he's also played for poor teams. Now, he's $6.4 million, so you would definitely have to trade Campbell as part of that deal. Do you know something? No, just saying. Are you, you know, I don't trust you as far as I could throw just you. Just the way that his no. wife talked about Edmonton with my wife and how much she loves being, and she they visited here, and he's not even a member of the team. So, I don't know. You never know. I don't. I, see, I, I, I've known you too long. I just have known you too long. So when you say this out of the blue, I go, hmm, Gibson's a really good goaltender. But could you get him for Campbell, a first, and Broberg? And they'd have to eat some money because it's still not enough. Money would have to be eaten, and I think this would be a deal that happens late January. Um, But we'll see what happens with McTavish and Zegers in Anaheim. I think they could be a, a team that makes some... You know, interesting moves this year. Not obviously to make a playoff spot, but I think to further improve their organization and team. I think they could ship some of those young guys out. Yeah. This comes from Mark in St. Albert. Nobody wants to listen to your excuses about Skinner. He's not a 1A goalie. Never will be. Has been awful this season and in the playoffs. Hasn't been awful. He's been the best goalie the Edmonton Oilers have this season. And he did struggle in the playoffs. How can you say the older scouts are doing a good job? We are one of two teams in the NHL that doesn't have any players playing in the upcomer juniors for Mark. Mark, they traded all the picks. This is the easiest thing. Go look at who was picked with the slots that the Oilers had. They're playing in the world juniors. 
or they're in the NHL. The owners have traded, I'd look at the last two years specifically, they, they've traded everything. If it's not nailed down, even photos on the wall are going out for players. That's what the owners are doing. They're trying to win a Stanley Cup. I get it. But I think they've, I think they've bled too much. One but, last thing, Al. Uh, wasn't Pat Verbeek on Detroit late in the years uh, in his career there before yeah, he yeah, retired? Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, for sure. Who was the GM in, in oh, Detroit? Ken Look at you putting it all together. Just, you know. I'll tell you what. If John Gibson gets traded to the Oilers, I'm coming after you and saying, why didn't you tell me that it was going to happen on the show? We could spike like crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting it out. I'm saying you said on this day, year of our Lord, December 21st. Good thing that uh, roster freeze is in place. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the way, bag milk. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Their next public-timed automotive RV auction is now open for bidding. Go to info at maauctions.com. 12 games in the NHL tonight, including the Edmonton Oilers in action against the New Jersey Devils. Puck drop at 5.30 for that one. Calvin Picard will be getting the start in net, and Adam Ernie will be in the lineup with Connor Brown out as a healthy scratch. News around the NHL is the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights will be without goalies Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson for tonight's game at the Lightning. And the Maple Leafs defenseman Mark Giordano, who has been out since November 28th, skated with the team this morning prior to their game against the Sabres. Eight games in the NBA tonight, which all tip off with the Jazz in Detroit to take on the Pistons at 5. Then the nationally televised game tonight is the Lakers in Minnesota at 7 p.m. News around the NBA is by missing 29 games in 2022-2023, the final three seasons of Zion Williamson's five-year, $197 million deal are no longer guaranteed. Week 16 in the NFL gets going tonight with the Saints in L.A. against the Rams. You can join Brandon Douglas at the Sherwood Park Canadian Brewhouse for that one. And finally, one game in the AJHL, Canmore and Drum, Heller, puck drop for that one at 7. And as always, you can watch on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.